0: I've got something to say, that's all I got to say.
1: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Seer Soccer Studs podcast where we discuss the beautiful game with a Southern twang. I'm your co-host, Matt, and I have the pleasure of introducing our very first guest speaker, Jason.
0: Hello, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Glad to have you. So, Jason, are you ready to cut this Premier League biscuit?
0: Oh, man. I guess since I'm filling in the shoes for Joe today, maybe we can just... Let's toss that big biscuit to the side and break open this scone and put some jam on it. Okay, okay.
1: I can get down with that. All right. Well, guys, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Um, we are very fortunate to have a fill in, Jason. So, Jason, I got a. This is the first time in my, that you come down into my little cellar. What do you think?
0: Not too shabby. I, I kind of like it, man. i stepped down here and it's a nice little nook, man. I'm loving <laughs> All the soccer spirit in here, man.
1: Thank you, thank you. A lot of that spirit came from Joe, so he's with us in spirit. Yeah, yeah. something
0: like that. While he's on the prairie, like, I'm, I'm totally, like, um, an image in my mind is him in a little wagon, you know, on the prairie, just Oregon Trail.
1: Has he got a piece of straw in his mouth? Is he chewing on some straw? Probably.
0: Some pretty fresh straw. Yeah.
1: I did hear from him today, and he is in Arkansas, so he might be technically on some type of prairie down there. But, yeah, Joe, hope you have fun, brother. We'll see you soon. All right, well, um, Jason, since it was your first time, we allowed you a chance at the music. What did you play for us today?
0: Well, uh, I chose a song called Sound and Color. By Alabama Shakes, it's a song that has a lot of soul in it, and that's something I've kind of been listening to a lot lately. And it's a band, Alabama Shakes, is a band that my wife and I went and saw in Asheville, not too far from here, and it was a great show. So had to share it with you guys.
1: Yeah, it's a good song, a lot better than what Joe Joe puts out here. Some crazy stuff. And since it was my my turn as well, I also played a song. So Morgan, Saint You, this is just a. Uh, One of those songs, you know, for me, comes on my Pandora, and it made me move. And I was like, you know what? I need to play this for other people. So you will see those two songs on our show notes, which I'm doing this week instead of Joe. Gosh, he's just so much. He does so much for this podcast.
0: I'll do my best to fill his
1: shoes. Good, good, good. All right, well, guys, we're going to get right into the games this week. First game of this Of the week was Crystal Palace 2, West Ham 3. Man, what a game.
0: For real, lots of goals. Lots
1: of goals, back and forth. I mean, could have been a lot lot more goals in this game. But still, a great game. Started off in the third minute with Zaha. Plays a little 1-2 with Christian Benteke. Great little move. And then just smashes the ball into the bottom corner. But Jason... Did you see Zaha's hair?
0: <laughs> oh man, love the dude, but what's the deal with it?
1: I mean, he's got it set up in like four hemispheres, and then just little, um, little balls, just little poof balls on top of his, like marshmallows.
0: Yeah, where do you find the inspiration for a haircut like that? I don't.
1: I swear I've seen that haircut before in some movie from the early '90s or like. Maybe Kid and Play did something like that back in the day. I don't really know, but I swear I've seen it before.
0: He seems to be an individual with lots of personality, so I I can only imagine where he's gotten that look from.
1: Yeah, if you're you're rocking a net tattoo, you've got personality.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you've got the hair, why don't you enjoy it, right? Yeah, yep. So, yeah,
1: Zaha starts off the scoring, then Thomas Suchek in the ninth minute. Fernal plays the ball in, and this was an interesting ball. I thought it was just going straight out of bounds. Fernals plays it in to Antonio, who just basically flicks it over his shoulder, and I mean, Suchek came in like dang Superman to score the game uh, the header. What a goal.
0: I mean two players you just talked about, Antonio and Suchek. Talk about right place at the right time. Yeah. And Suchek. What a pickup.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's been great for, for West Ham. You know, you and I were talking about this before the game. West Ham was actually going to go in for Jettison Fernandez, who ended up at Tottenham on loan. And so instead they went with Suchek. Probably the best decision. It's one of those where, you know, a girl turns you down and you end up finding the right one.
0: It's one of those stories. Yeah, it's sort of like by default, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think for West Ham, this really looks like a win with all capital letters for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, and that man gets another goal in the 25th minute from a Cresswell free kick. I I watched this thing probably 10 times, and I do not know how he was able to trap the ball on his thigh and then side foot volley it near post past Guaida. At such a ridiculous angle. I mean, that was a heck of a goal.
0: Pretty much magic at that point in time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But um the game just kept going right after the kickoff on that. Um uh, that goal. Cuyate just gives the ball to beast mode, Mikel Antonio. And man, this was one of his many uh, just close chances. He ended up with four chances, two off the post, two deflected shots that should have gone in. On another day, he would have scored four, and he has done that before. So I was really hoping that he would help me out in fantasy, but wasn't today. But the start of the second half, Zaha gets played in, goes right at Fabianski, who makes two big saves to keep him out. In the 59th minute, Ben Rama crosses into Antonio again. His side foot sits straight at Guaida. Just unfortunate for Antonio. He's going to get his goals. 65th minute, Craig Dawson basically puts the game away with a towering header. I think he he jumped on the back of Gary Cahill, did a backflip, and then headed the ball. He rode him like a pony. I think he was just practicing his – practicing his
0: gymnastics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he might have been. But uh, game wasn't over. Palace ended up getting a goal in the ninety seventh minute. Basically the last kick of the game from my boy, Batman Michi Batshway. Love that guy. Get in when you can. Yeah. I mean he put it in. But both teams had, you know, numerous chances, but the game ended three two to West Ham. West Ham moved into fourth with that win. But Liverpool overtook them today with uh, their win. Uh, The next game, we've got Newcastle, one, Leeds United, my little side chick, two. Man, it's, it's, it's crazy to me how quick Leeds starts off a game. I mean, if you... Especially this week, because if you look at the the minutes scored on goals, I mean, you've got, in the game before it, you had two goals scored before the 10th minute. In a few other games, two goals scored before the 10th minute. I mean, it was just insane. If you're not on your game starting off, Leeds is going to punish you. And they almost did in the 12th minute. Harrison gets played in by, I think it was Rafina or Rodrigo, played him in and he was wide open and just straight up whiffed on a volley. It's one of those volleys that you want to smash and when you miss it it just almost throws your knee out of place it hurts. You know what I'm talking about right?
0: Uh, all too much man you know uh, do the best that you can in the moment but sometimes it just just doesn't happen. Yeah but you're just exactly, you're exactly right. every time I watch Leeds play it's like they come out of a cannon. In that first half and all these uh man buns i don't even know who's who because they're so fast man yeah. bun united
1: yeah yeah joe joe talked about that uh in the first first couple of pods just the amount of hair that's on i mean they're probably at leeds they're spending more on hair products for men than they are on i don't know shoes
0: yeah they must have a hair club or something. <laughs>
1: Oh, but in the 17th minute, Rafina. What a goal. Mm. I love this goal. So, Newcastle lose the ball right around halfway, gets played to Bamford. Bamford takes it down, finds Rodrigo. Rodrigo takes it into the box, cuts it back for Rafina, who just one touch opens up his body and then just places the ball with a lot of force, but just passed it in. And the keeper had no chance. I mean, you know, Joe and I, and I don't know about you, but we're a huge Carl Darlow fan for Newcastle. I He's mean, amazing.
0: Killer Carl. I don't know how you talk about him or what name you use for him, but is he going to be in Newcastle next year, you think?
1: Um, I hope not because I want to s- see, him, see him somewhere else. I mean, he needs the defense in front of him. And – Newcastle's been on a terrible slide, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't see Steve Bruce or Newcastle holding on to him much longer. He's quality in between the posts each, each time for sure.
1: And he's kept DeBravka on the pine, riding the pine. This whole, I know he was hurt for a little while, but still, you can't take Darlow out.
0: Uh, there's no switch in quality. Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, I love that, uh, that goal. I'm going to give you the three C's of that goal. Calm, cool, collected finish beautiful beautiful beautiful
0: um on a string yeah to that left side yep Rafinha just has such man he's got some touch he definitely has made a difference since he's been you know put in the side in the starting squad
1: yeah he's he's definitely come on and taken a lot of weight off of Bamford's shoulders that's for sure so the first half, I mean, towards the end of it, both teams had a lot of chances, but nothing really was able to, to be put away. Into the second half, in the 57th minute, Cullen Wilson plays in Almiron. What a delicate touch by Cullen Wilson. Balls played to him. His first touch is just the perfect weight of the pass for Almiron just to go in. Almiron almost messed it up. He tried to give the keeper the eyes. Keeper read it right and it was just too strong from too close. But
0: yeah. No, it's great to see Almiron put that in. Uh, I, I don't always watch watch them play Newcastle, but when I when I do, I see Almiron just running all over the place. The guy has a really good work rate when he's in that when he's on the field and uh, I know he struggled a bunch last year, but he seems to be doing a little bit better, fitting into the side at times, but uh, always good to see him get a goal.
1: His problem is um, recently his – not his manager, but his uh, his agent said that if Corona – if the Corona wouldn't have happened, he would be at a different squad because he's just too good. So hmm. I I don't like that. I think that. I don't think Amaron has been good enough for Newcastle, to be honest. I think he's made a lot of careless mistakes in his own half. He does have a work engine, like you're talking about, but he needs to use it for the right use.
0: I oh, totally agree. Yeah. Uh, maybe the agent was talking about an MLS team, but we don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Go from Atlanta United to Newcastle back to. Yeah, that's. That's a step some way. <laughs> a step around and back. Yeah. Oh, me. But in the 61st minute, Jack Harrison. Whew. I mean, just Rafina plays the ball into him over the top, takes it down, and then the controlled volley just passed. A pass volley in was – you don't see these very day and. It was almost like it was too easy for him because he didn't really even celebrate afterwards.
0: I kind of feel like he had that early miss still in his head, and he saw that dream of a ball there, and he did not want to miss it. And he didn't. All side netting, beautiful.
1: Yeah, great touch. Nothing but top spin on the ball. Well done. But just like the end of the first half, the second half ended the same way, a bunch of chances for both sides. Nothing really ended up happening except for the game ended 2-1, to to leads.
0: All right. Yeah, that was an exciting game, man. But like you said, a lot of chances that were kind of lost. Yeah. All right. Well,
1: Jason, have about it with Southampton? Southampton.
0: Southampton and Arsenal. Man. Uh, I like these two sides. I enjoy watching them. And, of course, Arsenal uh, – Arteta's got to put it together, and he, he's got a little pressure on him. But um, I also want to point out, too, just prior hearing that Odegaard's going to be going over to uh, yep. help the Gunners. be yep. interesting. But um, as far as that goes, uh, really not too close of a game.
1: Started and, off with a bang, though.
0: It did start off with a bang. You've got, um, you know, But the first, gosh, I don't even know what minute it is because I didn't have it written down, but Armstrong? Third minute. Oh, my gosh. What a strike. I think I had to watch it a few times. I I have Ward Prowse in my fantasy league, so I always like to see those direct kicks, corner kicks. He's just amazing. He's a bit of a demigod when it comes to that, but just that corner kick into Armstrong. Oh, my gosh. Definitely
1: from the training
0: ground. Could he hit it any harder?
1: (laughs) I don't know, but the placement that he had on it was just spectacular. That that guy has impressed me. He's just another one that um, Ralph Hasenhudel has brought in and said, "Like this is what I want you to do," and he's just taken off and running with it.
0: He's didn't, didn't he have a screamer list somewhat like that last week too? I'm not sure. I can't remember well, that far. I, <laughs> I just I feel like he connects when he connects with the ball. It's it's there and it's gone. Absolutely. But a beautiful connection for sure. And, you know, put them up one nothing, which is going to put a little bit of pressure on Mr. Arteta. But shortly after, you know, Pepe puts in one, so a little quiet, quiet the storm, so to speak. Right, right. Um, for the most part, you know, that's all that we really, you know, I didn't really have much noted, at, you know, after that until the second half when things started to heat up a bit.
1: Well, Saka scored in the 39th minute in the first half.
0: That's right. I got that, man. I, I'm my bad on that one. Oh, it's good. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess I'm just a little I'm hurrying things and I want to get it to the Laka Saka or Saka <laughs> connection. And I saw that. I was reading an article yesterday after the, or the other day after the game. And oh, my gosh, they're linking up so well. And Saka's got room for improvement. And he's so young, but what he's shown so far And the really the chemistry that they're having together, those back and forth connection, where Saka put one in and then Saka fed Old Laka, yeah, and he redeemed himself from missing one in the early earlier part of the game. Yeah, you know, in the end, three one Arsenal puts it together. Um, Some questions that I had as I was watching the game is Southampton really seems to be struggling without Vestergaard? They,
1: um, you know, they beat Arsenal in the FA Cup like a few days ago. And he changed the lineup just a, a little bit for this game, Hassan-Hooten. But um, they've been on a good run, but you're absolutely right. Vestergaard is a big miss for them. I mean, they, they've had some – as all teams have. They've had some injuries, and it's been, been a struggle. But, I mean, Arsenal, you know, I think Arteta had his game plan right. He saw what they did in the FA Cup, and he learned from it. And Saka, Joe and I have talked about this. Like, Arsenal needs to build a team around him. He is a baller. And, yeah, just give that kid the ball, and he'll make stuff happen. And he's played in just about every position except for goals so far and like center back. So he can do it all.
0: Yeah, sky's the limit for him for sure. And just one more thing I was uh, comes to mind really is, oh, my gosh, the partnership that's coming together right now, that part, party is healthy, him and Xhaka in the middle uh, changed things so much, at least from my standpoint for Arsenal. And hopefully he stays healthy. Thomas Um, Partey, yeah. Partey. He
1: is, he's a baller, too. He's been struggling
0: with uh, injuries as well, yeah. Yeah, just needs to stay healthy. Yeah. But all in all, 3-1 game, good game. Yep. All right,
1: moving on to West Brom, nil. Manchester City,
0: Cinco. Yep. I'll tell you what, man. Uh... Did West Brom ever show up for that game? Big Sam did
1: because you could see him sitting on the sideline. I think he took up you know, a couple of seats, but Oof. I don't think his team did.
0: Yeah, not much of a game, but I think maybe Big Sam has bit off a little bit more than he can chew and digest this time. That's hard to believe, but you might be right. <laughs> I uh, Man, I, I thought about it for a while before I said that because I know he can put away, and he does a lot, but he may be taking on a little too much this time. Five goals, yeah. and there could have been more. I mean, oh, let's yes. just go through the goals as, as far as, gosh. Um, aside from that, let's, let's talk about Man City. No real striker. You've got Foden in there. You've got Gun, Gundogan. Gundogan. I see. Gundogan. Oh, my gosh. Putting in two goals, assisted by Consuelo, yeah. who has been an amazing defender slash midfielder. I don't even know what position he plays.
1: So, it's weird because um, the way Pep plays now with his his outside backs, they actually, when they're on offense, they come in and the center backs move further out. So... It allows people like Kevin De Bruyne. It allows people like Mares, Phil Foden. I mean, all the number 10s basically on this team to get the ball out wide. So they kind of pack the middle and allow them the width on the sides to cut in and make all these moves. And then, you know, with the skill that they have and the ball movement, the quick ball movement, I mean, it's just unreal. Plus, you have uh rodrigo sitting holding deep rodrigo
0: yeah rodrigo yeah,
1: yeah. sitting deep so he's kind of like a center back the first line of defense i would say
0: he is it's just amazing i mean you Consuelo, swell if i'm saying his name right i apologize if i'm not but um he's just been playing and he changes that side so much from a midfield perspective um, adding in those balls over the top or around connecting with Mares, scoring a goal himself. I believe he had several shots as well. Maybe he's got to get that ball down a little bit. But going through the goals, I mean, you have Gundogan. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get this down soon or It's later. all right. Two goals assisted by Consuelo. Consuelo getting a goal. Maras getting a goal. Sterling getting a goal. Yeah. Could any more number 10s put a goal in?
1: Not this time, but goodness, it was 4 nothing at halftime. We do need to talk about the uh, their the Cancelo goal. I mean, I don't think this changed the game because Man City was just going to bulldoze them anyway, but um, they play a ball in. You know, the linesmen are told to keep their flag down until the play is over. Linesmen put her flag up. Now, we appreciate this the one female linesman I think she's unbelievable she rarely misses anything she got this one wrong no problem well kind of a problem for West Brom but she raised her flag The referee didn't blow his whistle but all of West Brom stopped all of their defenders and then they score go to VAR and say oh no no he was on side referee made a where the linesman made a bad decision and put her flag up when she shouldn't have. So I don't – it was just frustrating for Big Sam, but the game would have still ended the same way.
0: Certainly wouldn't have changed changed much, but that one goal, and it's really hard. You know, we talked about this before with VAR. Um, You know, there's human error, and when you've got computers added to the mix, you're going to have more human error. And you know, she's done a wonderful job or appears to have done a wonderful job so far And to have that one mistake in prime time on the front and center.
1: And she learned from it. Like right after that, same thing kind of happened. She kept her flag down, the ball went out of play, and then she raised her flag, and she was right. It was offsides on that one. So, I mean, she, she's gotten some unbelievably tight calls on offsides correct. And she made one mistake. I don't think that people should be, especially West Brom, should have any problems with her because you still gave up four more goals (laughs) besides that one. So,
0: come on. And like I said, I mean, uh, pretty much 80-20 possession. There wasn't really much going on for West Brom at all. They tried, but once again... A buffet that Sam can't digest.
1: That was just a training session for Man City. Wow. All right. Now we're going to go with Burnley. Burnley. Three. Aston Villa, two. Burnley Burnley. coming off the win from Liverpool. I think they won a pretty big game in the FA Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And now beating Villa. Man. Man. We play them next. Maybe I'm not looking forward to this. But, man, this was an incredible, incredible game. Just back and forth. And I got to give props to Nick Pope and the defense of Burnley because Aston Villa was all over them in the first half. In the 14th minute, target – that's actually a dude's name, yep. Target, targeted, <laughs> Ollie Watkins. See, this is the type, so this this happened a few times in this game. It was a shot cross along the ground, and Ollie Watkins, only thing he needed to do was just get a delicate little touch on it to steer it in. But I don't understand why these balls aren't, like everybody tries to play, you know, a high ball over the top, but if you're a midfielder or a wing back and you have a chance to put the ball in the box, just smash it in there. Like put it low, put it across. Like more than likely you'll get a deflection from a defender. OG oh, I mean, it just you never know what will happen when you play a ball like that. And I mean, it was just it was a great great ball. And then, just straight up, Aston Villa went at Burnley and Nick Pope, and he came up with some huge saves. The defenders were blocking stuff. They were taking off body parts and throwing them at the ball. I mean, it was unbelievable. And they did it well because in the second half, the 52nd minute, Ben Mee basically just uh, walked right in, took a little stroll, into the box from a corner, wonderful header. Aston Villa was zonal marking on a corner. When you're zonal marking, you're standing flat-footed. You got these burly men running in like Tarkowski, Ben Mee, Chris Wood, Ashley Barnes. You can't allow these big burly men to run in like that. Come on. So the game is 1-1. And then in the 64th minute, this did not end in a goal, but if you have not seen this, you need to. Jack Grealish gets the ball on the sideline. He's got three guys around him, does an unbelievable job of keeping the ball in play, juggling it past three guys, then going on a just magnificent run. Takes it all the way into the box and smashes it at the goalie, and Nick Pope was able to save. If you haven't seen it, please watch this. This reminded me of Hazard.
0: But we're talking a quality keep, too. I mean, Nick Nick Pope is way up there, so I think that even adds even more of an element of just skill.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But four minutes later, Grealish does get his goal. Um, Ball gets played in by Douglas Ruiz. Same thing, smashes the ball across, and Grealish started the move, took it in, played it out wide to Douglas Ruiz, continued his run, ball gets smashed in low on the ground. Grealish slide tackles the ball in. Great goal, just well played. But at that point you're like, oh, Aston is going to go on and win this. No, Sean Dyche with his team has found a way to get the best out of them. White McNeil in the 76th minute, same thing. What does he do? He plays the ball on the ground into the box, a cross shot that nobody touches, just rolls in. It's one of those that is played at an angle that you, as a goalie, you think somebody in front of you is going to get a touch on it. So you're just worried about somebody, so you're watching, waiting for a deflection, just rolls right through and goes in.
0: And McNeil, he makes such a difference out there. You see such a, you know, big difference when he's not out there because he can control the game well. He he probably has more skill on the ball from a dribble standpoint, and possession than any other Burnley player.
1: The only other one that has some skill when he just came back in is the. Uh, oh man, I can't think of him. Uh, Brady. Yes. Brady's the only other one that has skill on the ball. The rest of them are just Burnley men.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Brady's got lots of confidence for sure.
1: But in the 79th minute, you know we got to talk about some wood in this. Burnley wood, Chris wood, with a – I think he hung in the air, especially on slow motion. It was like two minutes in the air in slow motion. So in real time it was like at least a minute. Just wins this looping header that somehow beats Martinez, who I think is one of the best goalies in the Premier League. Mm. But, yeah, what he seals the comeback with that header. Chris Wood, Burnley Wood, yes, sir. All Wood.
0: <laughs> All the time. With a touch of McNeil. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, no, I have to agree with it. It was such a good game, man. Uh, For a little while in the first half, I was wondering if the players were still at the pub. Burnley, that is. Yeah. But, um, man, Sean Dice just has – he's just able to pull strings. I don't know if it's with that raspy voice that they hear on the sidelines and they just don't want to hear it when they go back in the locker room. So they're going to leave it out on the field and get it done.
1: Do you think he has a raspy voice, or is it at the end of the game once they – interview him, he's shouted so much that he's practically hoarse. I don't know,
0: Matt, but I think it's all the time. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good.
1: All right, Sean Dyche, you can go back home. (laughs) All right. I've got to get a beer. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. All right. Moving on to my boys, Chelsea, nil, Wolves, nil. So, of course, I've got to talk about Frank Lampard getting sacked. Hmm. It was a sad day for a lot of Chelsea fans, including myself. But as most managers came out and said, yeah, we feel for you, Frank Lampard, you'll bounce back. But this is a game of results. Pep Guardiola says, you know, you can talk about a project. Everybody can talk about a project, but you cannot continue with a project unless you win.
0: Mm.
1: So, as a Chelsea fan, I mean, everybody knows what Abramovich is about. He wants titles. He wants to see his team progressing. And with Lampard, over the last few weeks, we were regressing. Mm. So, we brought in the German, das German. The Germans. Thomas Tuchel? 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 Touche. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, he immediately had an impact. I know this game ended nil-nil, but, you know, Jason, you're a Man U fan. Mm. Could you tell a difference in the way Chelsea was playing?
0: Definitely tell a difference. And, you know, I think he's just working with his new team he just got introduced to. Not a lot of time. One training
1: session the night before.
0: Gosh, but really um, it's hard to see Frankie go. Yep. But um, it's gonna. It seems like it's night and day in, in the way that they may view things, and seeing Tuchel on the side jumping up and down and excitement for his players was a positive sign, I think, for Chelsea. Yeah. Along with the possession, they 79%. seemed 79 percent domination. Um, aside from a few counters that Wolves had, but really Chelsea was just a few inches short of scoring a goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know. You can have a lot of possession and not do anything with the ball, Um, but I felt like this was a positive step forward for Chelsea. I mean, we had 13 chances created. I noticed from previous games, especially, you know, with the amount of teams that are scoring so early, it would take us 10, 15 minutes to even get a shot on goal. And inside the first minute and a half, Cullum hudson Adoy put a ball into the box where Giroud just, I mean, just missed his toe by probably millimeters, and that would have been a goal. So, I liked to see the intensity. I mean, 13 chances created, 832 accurate passes to 174 for Wolves. Mm. So, we controlled the game. Um, Tuchel went with a more experienced lineup, which I'm okay with. Um, just coming in, he knew that the experience would probably help him in his first game. But I'm excited to see this guy coach. Again, I don't want people to think that I'm just dissing Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard, he knew the knew the job when he took it. If the ro- results weren't coming, you got to go. And he knew it. So, I mean, what's crazy about this This is the first time that I can remember that Roman Abramovich himself came out and made a statement like, hey, Frank is welcome back at any time. We just decided to move forward because the results weren't what we wanted, but no harm, no foul basically with Frank, and he's welcome back at any time. I could see him coming back in five to ten years after he's got a little – bit of managerial experience with other clubs and coach and manage this team and take them to pretty big heights but just wasn't the right time
0: yeah and it just comes down there man i can only imagine what it feels like to be a player of that status and then going into a managerial role and things not working out for you
1: it's got to be hard on frank you know
0: oh man he bleeds blue massive amount of respect for the gentleman and wish him well
1: Yep, yep. And Chelsea, I think, is going to do well with Tuchel. I know there's a lot of people that are upset because he's had run-ins with other boards and just hasn't. Listen, at Chelsea, we're a revolving door. If you can't make it happen, you're, you're gone. So everybody understands that, and he's excited to take on this project. So I'm excited to see what can
0: come of it. Yeah. And one more thing I just had a note, I just saw on my sheet here. I just wanted to mention that I think Daniel Potence flies better in the air than he does run and stay on the ground.
1: <laughs> oh, he is something. Man, he, he's got incredible skill and made some guys the last time we played him just look silly. But yeah, he he did uh do some fish-out-of-water kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, gosh, seeing him go into some of those guys, he's what, maybe 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, probably doesn't weigh a whole lot. But the guy has heart, and he does have skill. Yeah, he does. He had a hard game. Yeah, he did.
1: All right, moving on to another nil-nil. Brighton, nil. Full ham, nil. There wasn't – this was basically all – Brighton I'm surprised they did not get a goal Trossard two minutes apart in the 15th and 17th minute should have scored both times I mean the first time he gets picked out by Mope and I mean Mopay does a great great move to get into a good position fires it to Trossard who's just wide open takes a touch and just only thing he had to do was place it is basically right at the keeper. And then two minutes later, Ola Aina. And that is not me saying a dirty word. Excuse that, me, Matt? Yes, Ola Aina. Wow. Former Chelsea player. Makes a big mistake and just gives the ball away. Ball gets played to Trossard. He has another chance. But this shot was actually blocked. Oh, man. And then in the second half, in the 70th minute, Mope takes a um, – or actually, there was a quick free kick taken by Brighton. They give it to Mope, and he's inside the box. He should have scored. He fires it over. 82nd minute, the ball gets crossed in um, to Mope. He hits it first time to Ariola. <laughs> that name, every time I say it.
0: Oof, I'm glad you yeah. said it and not me.
1: Ariola saved it, and then the ball gets stinked around a few times, lands at Soli Marsh, who just smashes a ball, and it gets deflected. In that, I mean, it was basically a wide-open goal. So they just could not find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. Game would have and did end in a tie, but in the last kick of the game, ball gets played in. There's a few chances, a few touches, and just people just missing the ball. Comes to Ruben Loftus Cheek, my man crush, and he smashes the ball. Keepers out of the the goal. Lewis Dunk goal line clearance. So the game ends nil nil.
0: The savior. Yeah, yeah. Loftus Cheek, I tell you what, man, he's really helping. Yes
1: yes he is he's a he doesn't have the the finished product yet he can't he I wish he could find his shooting boots but his all-around game i mean he can hold off just about anybody on the pitch because he is a man mountain he is strong
0: <laughs> i like that yeah yeah but it, interesting enough i mean brighton had almost all the or majority of the possession first half Second half, Fulham evening things out a bit, holding, you know, holding or holding more possession. But all around, Brighton-Hove-Albion. More shots, crosses, chances all together. Sad not to see them put one in. No. True, true. All right. Next game, Les City versus Everton. And, uh, um, you know, Les City, speaking of Lester. Um, <laughs> less of a team without Jamie there unfortunately
1: it's no party without the Vardi. for
0: real and or whatever he had done hernia surgery he needs to come back is it
1: really did I, he so he's gonna be out for a while I thought it was just
0: uh from what I understand I think it's just a three-week little little wow. uh, procedure they're amazing with those things these days lasers
1: awesome. freaking lasers man
0: technology yes sir but anyway getting back to the game a uh, pretty interesting watch um, Everton, Les City, both quality teams, but really had to wait till about the 30th minute before something beautiful happened. And I, I want to say beautiful again because that is, uh, we're talking about James Rodriguez, the cover girl for Everton. I'm sorry, he's got the greatest skin in the world. Yeah. But, um,
1: well, I don't know. Yuri Telemans. Gosh. Maybe, Maybe they
0: share notes about skin skin care.
1: I mean, you don't don't even need to put makeup on this guy if he's in a movie. He'd just walk in and be like, come on now.
0: I still wonder if Hamez wears some sort of eyeliner or something. But anyway, (laughs) going back to the skill of the game, oh my gosh, he's a left-footed dude. To catch that, switch off to his right foot and just calmly put it in there right on the inside of the post...
1: And this is a, a type of guy that is predominantly left-footed, like a Messi, where he rarely uses his right foot ever to shoot, and he bent a curler, a curler, and beat Cash I
0: don't believe it was a pretty, pretty goal. It
1: was. It was.
0: But, um, yeah, no, back and forth. You know, we're talking, once again, two good sides, and less, Leicester City really not having that striker option. So... You know, it wasn't until the second half where they could try to put one in, which was a pretty nice goal from Barnes to... T laments. Man, I think the theme was just good skin. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I would have to say that after looking at this goal, it's nice and it's pretty and it's a goal and they tied it up to bring it to a draw for the most part. But I think Pickford should have saved that. What do you think?
1: Oh yeah, Jordy Picky. One thing that he he didn't have um, going for him on this goal was just a clear sight at the ball, but it hit his hands, and he was able to be in the right position. We we've talked about Jordy Picky's uh, limp wrist.
0: Mm. I mean, pick on Pickford.
1: Yes, I mean it's easy to, especially when he's wearing that solid pink outfit and i'm sorry but he's got <laughs> to be a, an athlete and to be a you know a soccer player most soccer players are pretty chiseled out of stone he's got a dad bod going on like at one point he had his little pink shorts riding up his butt i think the uh <laughs> the scene, <laughs> or something. i mean, it was so high up. He—he he looked like Steven Urkel, rocking some sh- pink shorts out there, and it was—I cracked up quite a bit looking at this. And I was like, "Dang!"
0: Are we talking it? some ballerine type shorts?
1: Yes, yes. I mean, like so far up, like past your belly button. Like I joke around with Emma quite a bit. I'll—I'll I'll pull up my pants and do the male, you know what. But uh and she's like, You love doing that, you do that about once a week and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why, but yeah, Pickford's just walking around with just just a wedgie all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I doesn't seem like a comfortable place to be, but I just have to think about like in gym class back in the day. I don't think Pickford fared too well in dodgeball. What do you think?
1: No. No, he did not. He can't move.
0: Yeah. And he can't catch the ball. That's right <laughs> No, he
1: cannot. He can – but to his credit, him and uh, Ederson, they can probably kick the ball the length of the field and put it on somebody's foot running. I mean, they are incredible with their feet.
0: Yeah, Ederson
1: can actually save a ball. Pickford needs to worry, use his hands more.
0: Yeah, we don't even go into that, but um... – Man, Ederson just kills the ball anytime he clears it, and he does have a good pass. I would have to say Pickford is pretty good when he can pop that ball over the you know yeah. midfield into the the forwards or whatnot. But man, when you're in a goalie and you're in between the posts, you need to have better hands. Yes, but uh, yeah. I have to say, you know that that was really the majority of this game that one yeah. one. There was a one chance in the 89th minute, I believe, from Calvert Lewin where uh, he'd been quiet most of the game. He actually, I guess, figured he'd show up a little bit too late, but nonetheless ended in a draw, and it was kind of hard to see Ndidi go off in the way he did, and hopefully he comes back soon because I really enjoy watching him play, even though they have other players like Mendy that can come into the side. Mm-hmm. Um, he just Ndidi just adds so much quality.
1: Do you think that Harvey Barnes could become the next next Jamie Vardy.
0: Oh man, I was actually speed. I was actually watching that game, wondering to myself why he didn't start up top instead of Perez. I really feel like he's more of a goal threat than most of those guys. Other guys on the team and the other guys can actually feed him the ball. He's got pace, he's got a nice left foot, and he can even finish with the right foot.
1: He is right-footed too. Harvey Barnes, yeah. So, I mean, I think oh, boo, Brendan Rodgers. I think he got this wrong because you already have like you you play the same way. Just take out Vardy because he's hurt. Put Harvey Barnes in in that same position and just allow him to make runs over the top because he is incredibly fast and he's gotten so much better at taking people on like he slaloms through people now I mean he's getting better by the day and I think he's undroppable
0: right now too and he's young I mean we're seeing him come together right in front of our eyes and I think uh Brendan Rodgers did play him up top one game earlier this year and then after a little while, I don't know if Barnes had something or a nick he was dealing with, but he was in and out of the side there for a while. <laughs> but now seems to be tried and true yep. in that side.
1: Yeah.
0: Can't wait to watch what happens next with them.
1: Yeah, good game. Good, uh, good game for Everton because they had been off for quite a while with uh, COVID. Um, I think they hadn't played in – I mean, maybe they played uh, in the FA Cup think they did um, they,
0: they did but it's it's been a little while and I can only imagine with teams whether it be Villa or Everton with those cancellations from covid and whatnot gotta be hard chemistry you know you're getting feeling confident next thing you know you're taking a week or two off yeah true
1: true all right I know you want to skip over this game but we need to talk about it
0: yeah oh, man.
1: man you won. And that's Man United versus Sheffield United. Yes. Sheffield Man. United went to Old Trafford and got the win. Over did. to you, Jason.
0: Man, this is hard to swallow. But just like everything else, there's win, you win, and you lose some. You draw some. You got to deal with it. But this game was a bit frustrating to watch. I mean. I start to question the side and this, that, and the other, but Sheffield came to play. Ole decided to play a lineup that really didn't seem to work, and I'm going to go ahead and just straight up and say it, man. I got a strong opinion. Anthony Martial, I just don't feel like his work rate is, is there.
1: They, there was a good clip that I saw about the difference between Martial and Bruno Fernandez. Um, Manu loses the ball in the final third and Martial is about five yards from the ball because throws his hands up doesn't move just walks Bruno Fernandez is like 10 or 15 yards away and then just starts sprinting sprinting and ends up making a tackle, winning the ball back. He had to sprint, I think, 60 yards and follow the guy because the guy was about to go right through the middle of the defense. He actually probably saved him a goal. Yeah. And that's just the difference between a leader and somebody that thinks they're a leader.
0: Oh, gosh, don't even get me started because you know how I feel about this. But going back to the goals, you know, I think it was the 23rd minute. um, Brian, gosh, who saw that coming?
1: I didn't even know who he was. I had to look him up
0: surely didn't know who he was either and i still don't want to know who he is <laughs> but yeah needless to say one nothing one of those um bad recurring memories for manchester united going down at home early Ah oh, man and then we thought we had something back with uh with mcguire but going back to what you're saying as far as the captains concerned I think uh, there was a run. I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, Matt, but there was a run in the second half where Bruno Fernandez was the only person tracking back on a breakaway, and there's Maguire to the right of him watching him step into the side instead of trying to stride and play some defense.
1: I think that was the same one I was talking about. Yeah, and I
0: I want to go back to that because uh, Harry might have put a goal in but I'm not quite sure he knows arithmetic too well, maybe because he puts a goal and then he leaves, lets a goal in on the other side. And you have, oh, uh, it's just painful to watch. I mean, four minutes later after Harry put in a header, who hasn't scored? Uh, Burke. When was the last time he scored? Oh, uh, Wow. I don't know if he scored this season. I don't believe he has, and I think he's got an, uh, pretty much a, a looming number over his head, but he was able to score against Manchester United. And I think uh, a little bit of help there on the side with uh, what's-his-face. I don't even want to say his name because I don't really enjoy seeing him in the side. Tunzeby. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Man, yellow. The guy just he just gets yellow. And he doesn't i mean, I think he had six out of 12 starts and probably had four yellows so far. Anyway— Not a fun game to watch. Back to the drawing board. Should have been a statement game, and the statement was, they're not ready to be on top.
1: So I just looked it up, and uh, that's just for this game. I'm looking at Oliver Burke, trying to get his, there we go, player profile. Yep, 13 matches, one goal, one assist.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, when you have 76% of the possession in the game, and you still don't win. There's some problems, and I think it just comes down to defense. It comes down to complacency. Um, you know, you saw in that first half; it's almost like they had the ball, they had the ball in the opponent's half more more so than anything. But they get complacent. They just want to knock the ball around, and hopefully, they get a dream a dream opening. But they didn't because they were playing against a team that is trying to get out of the bottom and is playing with heart that that
1: is the one thing when you when when you have a conversation with somebody about professional soccer versus professional football you know you talk about you know towards the end of the season in the nfl teams that are teams will almost throw games just to be in last place so that they get the best pick, which is basically, you know, a a participation award for me. Why are you allowing somebody who's crap to get the best player? Like, I just can't stand that. Mm -hmm. In the English Premier League, in the soccer, you fight for everything because if you are the last place team, you get demoted to the league below you. And then you have to play the whole next year trying to get back into the Premier League. So every game to these people that are in the bottom third matter. So literally that's why I love this sport and love the Premier League because top to bottom at any given day, any team can beat anybody.
0: Love it. Brings it to a whole nother level of competition. And, you know, you have these teams like Burnley, Sheffield United, Brighton, they can go back and forth, but they can beat a top team any given day. Yep. And I have to go back to this, and I don't even want to say this because it just further solidifies the loss yesterday, but the last time Sheffield United won at Old Trafford, you know what year it was? Like the 30s? <sighs> Not that far. Oh, okay. We're talking 1973. Wow. Which is a pretty long time. And... Hopefully, uh, get it together before Saturday against Arsenal. That's all I gotta say.
1: Yeah, because Arsenal's turned things around, at least for at, at least in the Premier League. So yeah, and that's and be interesting.
0: And start Cavani.
1: <laughs> Cavani. I mean, I feel like Manchester United is relying too much on Bruno Fernandez. Mm. I mean, even Pogba, you know he. I'm still not a huge fan of Pop, but I've never been. I just don't like the guys that are so flashy but only show up a quarter of the time. Like, even though I don't appreciate Bruno Fernandez getting touched and holding his face about every game, he is an absolute... Godsend to Manchester United. He single handedly has turned their fortunes around and Ole Gunner Solskjaer should be thanking his sweet little stars that he was bought because if he wasn't there, OGS wouldn't have a have a job.
0: I couldn't agree with you more, man. And I, I always say let your actions speak louder than your words and that yes. goes for Pogba and his agent, but uh, hey, put it together, let's put it together, and I'd have to say that game was certainly not fantastic. No, no it was not.
1: Alright, getting to the game today, the last game of mm. the week, and what a game it was. Oh yeah. Tottenham one, Liverpool 3.
0: Somebody found their shooting boots. I believe so. And good timing, really. I mean, if you think about it, I just want to go back to Liverpool's defense or (laughs) non-defense. Right, Fabinho playing so well. Now he's hurt. What does Klopp do? Puts Henderson next to Joel Matip. Wow. Matip. 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 Well, I'm glad he was healthy, at least for the first half. But, um... Going back to the game and just getting into the goals a little bit. Gosh. Matt, what did you think about that Mane to Bobby? Then, <sighs> I think the 49th minute. Or, uh, sorry, that was extra time of the first half. Extra
1: time in the first half, yeah. I mean, the best time to score a goal is at the end of the first half because it just completely throws a wrench into the other team's Team talk at halftime. Yeah, I mean, Mane, he had plenty of chances in the first half. Was playing well, and you know we we love the teeth. We love the teeth of Bobby Chompers. He does does so well. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm proud of him because he has not been scoring very much lately, and he puts in so much effort for that team. He does so much more, but man. I think uh, Liverpool's front three, or at least Mane and Firmino, got me the win in fantasy this week. I was down 20 points before this game.
0: Mm. woo
1: yeah! What uh, a goal, or what a game.
0: Coming together, man. But, yeah, Mane, two really nice chances beforehand, 24th minute and then the 42nd minute. In between that, Son had a nice break where he could have finished, yep. but he man, right to the goalie. Yep. Right, right to him. But um I think a lot of that first half was a lot of missed chances. What do you think? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And then we got to talk about Sir Harry of Kane going down twice in the first half. Hmm. First time didn't look like much, but you know, Kane's got those weak ankles and it turned just a little bit. And you could tell it, it upset him, and it hurt him quite a bit. But later in the second, first half, excuse me, later in the first half, he goes down again and didn't come out for the second half. Uh-oh.
0: Wah, wah. Yeah. But, um, gosh, Tottenham tried to do what they could. Of course, brought Lamella on for Kane. That's all I want to say about Lamella. <laughs> Ugh. But, um, yeah, it's Trent Alexander, what a shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. For the second goal. Smashed it. Mm-hmm. Pretty poor keeping from
1: Loris. You know, he, he basically just passed it like a basketball pass right to TAA, and he just rifled it in.
0: I think it was like, here you go. Here you go, Trent, pretty mm-hmm. much. Hmm. But, uh, you yeah, know, it happened so fast, what are you going to do? Yeah. But shortly afterwards, Hoiberg. Wow. What a shot.
1: Yeah. Cut across the ball with the outside of his right foot and basically started in the middle of the goal and then just went away from the goalie. And Allison had no chance.
0: It's like Bergwijn, if I'm saying it right.
1: Bernwein?
0: Yes. Just kind of like rolled it out. There you go, Hoiberg, for your first goal in the yep. EPL. This year.
1: Yeah. How many days was it? There was, or how many starts? It was quite a few. Too many. Too many, yes.
0: And then, you know, just a handful of minutes later, what, 15 or so minutes, we got another Mane. Mane, Mane. He's Mane. I mean, gosh, Trent, they're showing up for an assist. Got some points in Fantasy League this, this game. But in the end, Liverpool was too much. For the tot.
1: Yeah, and like you said about Liverpool's defense, you know, he brought on, what, Matt Tip, and then in the second half, took him off. Yeah. Put on at halftime. Took took him off. He knew he could only get a half out of him, and then he put, what's his name? Phillips. Phillips in. And yeah. still, Liverpool pull out the win. I was really impressed with um, with Jorginho Wyaldum and his role in this mm. game. Quality he does player. so much. And you can always got to talk about young gun, silver fox, my boy Tiago. Man, bandaged head, bleeding like crazy, and he's still bossing the game.
0: Man, i tell you what. like He, he went out and got his little hat on for his cut. And then he comes back in, and it, it didn't lose a beat. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's he is some type of player. It's a good win for Liverpool. Uh, moves them up into the top four. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, things are getting pretty tight up at the top. So I think there's quite a there's not a a lot of points separating maybe second or third to, well, probably third, third to ninth or tenth. It's a very tight, tight table right now. Excited for
0: the second half of the season for oh, sure. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, Jason, you get the first experience of our segments. So this first segment, this is the best of the best. This is uh, – a. A wonder goal. This is just something crazy, amazing that you saw. We call this Creme de It's the Creme de la. It's the Creme de la. It's the Creme de la. Ah, oh, you beauty! De la prim. Mm. So, Jason, who do you have for your Creme de la prim?
0: Well, Matt. Oh, man, this is a hard one. But every time I go back to what that means, I have to say I'm going to give it to the number 10s on Man City. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, the way that they have put together those goals, and I know it's against West Brom, but no real striker on the side, got to give it to Man City. Yeah. The whole team for the matter, really.
1: Well, I agree with you. I was going to give mine to Gundawan. His two goals were just uh, breathtaking. The first one, ball gets played over the top by conselo His first touch is just unbelievable. I mean, this guy's got so much skill and he's just getting better and better. It's kind of worrying for the rest of the league. You know, yeah, you've got one of the best players, Kevin De Bruyne, go out, and he's going to be out for a while, but Gundawan is just stepping into that role and just, oh, my gosh, this goal was so beautiful. When he took that touchdown and then he just curled it in, I mean, it was – the goalie didn't move, couldn't move, and it just looked so simple to him. And then the second goal. Second goal is even better Mm. because he picks a pocket of somebody and then just picks a pocket while it's bouncing in the air. He pulls it away from this guy. So that's one touch. Puts it down with his second touch. Puts it out in front of him. His third touch, he just curls in a left foot, just pass. Coley had no chance again. This guy is unbelievable. Technically gifted. He's just been impeccable for Manchester City. It's just unreal.
0: So calm on the ball. Yes, like, like a quiet storm.
1: That is one thing that I think Pep excels at with his team over any any other team. He teaches all of these number 10s, these Raheem Sterlings, these uh Kunigueros. He teaches them when they get into that 18 to slow down. Mm. You don't I mean, I've said this before about Chelsea's young guns. When they get in the box, they get fidgety. And just they want to take a quick shot. If you got that kind of skill, keep the ball, slow it down, make the defender try to make a tackle on you. Because if he misses it, it's a PK. But these guys get calm. It's like their heart rate immediately slows down when they're in the box and they just... Oh man, they're unbelievable inside that 18 and they're and I think that's one thing that Pep teaches his teams like if you have the ball in the box, take your time, control it, look up, find people because you see them I mean most of their goals are inside the box anyway.
0: So such, com- such composure inside absolutely. the box. And right what you were just saying, I just have to say, you can see the transition and the evolution with Phil Foden already. And Pep is doing work with that little dude. And, man, I, I think just in the past few weeks alone, seeing exactly what you just said, how he's learned to slow that ball down just a little bit to give him some time to see who he has, if not to try to fake out the defenders or dribble right through.
1: And they've got the skill to do it. I think uh, I heard a stat somewhere that in, like, Phil Foden's first hundred games that he's been a part of in the Premier League. And I could be wrong on the number, but he's won like eighty five percent. Wow.
0: That's a that's a nice number.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think we were studs of line on that one. Yeah, For sure. sure. Well, this next segment is the one that you do not want your name called out on. This is uh really poor defending. This is poor performances. This is just poor all around. Poor? Poor. We call this bless your heart. Now normally Joe sings the little Bless Your Heart. I don't have the vocal capacity to do that. But if you would like to try
0: I don't know if I've got my singing voice. And and Joe might be in Arkansas somewhere (laughs) saying, no, he didn't.
1: (laughs) But we call this the Bless Your Heart. Jason, who do you have this week?
0: Well, I think this week um, my bless, Bless Your Heart would have to go to none other than Big Sam. Big Sam, okay. I think he's bitten off more than he can chew this time and I think it's he's trying to digest what he has to do with West Brom and he just can't do it or at least not yet and with his record coming into sides and turning around teams and avoiding relegation I don't think he did too well this week
1: yeah yeah it's hard to go up against a Man City team that'll just I mean just destroy you just I mean, they, they humble you when you play them. When you're just chasing shadows and balls for 90 minutes, it can get very demoralizing.
0: So, But 5-0. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought we would have a 2-0 or a 3-0. Maybe. Maybe even Sam would get a goal on his side. But that's why I got to give it to Sam. Bless. Bless him.
1: Well, I had an option this week for my Bless Your Heart. So, <clears throat> if you didn't say Man U, then I would say Man U. Oh. So, I got to give it up to Manchester United, losing that old Trafford to Sheffield United, giving them their only their second win of the season out of, what is that, 19 or 20 games?
0: Wow. Don't remind me.
1: Yeah, and – you know, it's, it's 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 unfortunate for Manchester United that this happened, but you know, Joe and I have talked about this for a while. Things have just not been going in Sheffield United's favor. They finally get a little lucky, get a result. But man, that game for Manchester United, just like you were talking about, there's too many players out there that just did not have any heart. And I'm sorry, but Sheffield United, even in their little Pepto-Bismol pink shirts, they had some frickin' hit. A lot of hit.
0: I do believe. Yeah. And, uh. yeah, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I think it was denial, Matt. Okay. Because I, I have to agree with you because there was no heart for Man U that game. There was just a whole lot of nothing.
1: Well, my other choice was Jordan Pickford, so. <laughs> yeah. That's just too easy. We've already made enough fun of him. Poor guy. Oh, no, not really. He's so cocky. Like, no, I can't say poor guy. Gosh. Uh, Anyway, well, this next one, as Joe would say, this uh, makes the ladies go wild. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why. The ladies want it or something. What, What does he say? Joe, I'm sorry. Um. This is something that you saw that was maybe gentlemanly done. This was something stylish, but we like to call this fine ass. Oh <laughs> ...as frog's hair.
0: Jason, how you doing today? I think I'm doing all right, but I still can't understand that. But I do. Because frogs don't have hair. It's so fine you can't see it. Man, it must be. And I would have to say, Matt, I, I have to look at this goal many a time. Okay. And I mentioned it earlier, and I'm going to mention it again. Not his left foot, but his right foot. good skin, Rodriguez. The Colombian Wizard. Tell you what, he must be a wizard because that right-footed shot looked like his left foot. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm backwards, but I have to give it to him, man. Find as frogs here all day.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. That was a beautiful goal. I'm also going with a uh, a wonder goal for me. I'm gonna go with Jack Harrison's goal. Hmm. The the way that he scored this with the ease was just ah, it's just so unreal. I mean, he brings the ball down, bouncing volley, just hits it with top spin, just places it perfectly side netting. Our boy, Carl Darlow, had no chance. Man, I struggle with saying his name together. There's too many R's and L's in it. It's, it's a, a tongue, tongue twister. It is, but yeah, what a goal from Jack Harrelson! I just thought that that was so fresh. And then you look at his hair. He's got the man bun, and then they do the hard line under the bun, and then he's got another hard line going like up here on the, on the side of his head. Is just, that? What, do we call that gangsta? I guess in in England, that is a little bit gangster. To have Prob- a man bun, with I- a hard line.
0: <laughs> I think so. I think so. I, I've, I, can you give me? Can you give me the old uh, bun look on top? Oh man, like that whole team don't even know. Too fast, a bunch of buns. But Jack Harrison, quality, probably some of the best quality at Leeds. Love watching that guy play.
1: Absolutely. Well, guys, that's the end of our segments. Um, we do have an email, a returning email, er... yeah, returning emailer. <laughs> <laughs> our boy, our first emailer, I think it was. Anonymous Mick. He says, "Hi, Mick here. What did the studs think about NBC' Sports Network announcing that they will be discontin- discontinuing service at the end of the year? Some games are seemingly going to USA Network, some to Peacock, but it appears we won't be able to watch every single Premier League match starting next year. Yeah. This news was broke on Friday of last week, and it actually took the Premier League – I mean, they didn't know what was going on either. The announcement came as a shock to them. You know, it's. I personally have enjoyed having NBC Sports do it. I thought they've done a really good job. NBC Sports Gold, when they came out with that, you know, you had to pay a certain amount and you got all the games. was a big fan. But this year, having Peacock, but also having to get a subscription to NBC Sports was just a little frustrating. And for this to come out, Now it's like, man, what are they doing over there? Sounds like they want to give up the rights to it, you know.
0: Yeah, I think it sounds like it's coming down some money. And we know that this happens and shifts around, you know, whether it be ESPN holds some of the games. I know they did early on until NBC came in and provided such a package. But as things shift, you know, you have CBS online, you have, gosh, I, I'm going to say Disney Empire, ABC, Disney. They have so much going on, and then on top of that, you have Amazon. Yeah. All these big power players are now in the mix, and it'll be interesting to see who gets it in the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the world is moving towards like on-demand kind of service, streaming service. I just hope that whoever picks it up this next go-around knows what they are getting. I mean, this is the most watched sporting league in the world. So you better have some good commentators, which I thought NBC has done great with Rebecca Lowe, the two Robbies, uh, the new guy that's on this year, uh, Higginbotton. Yeah, he used to be (laughs)
0: announcing it. I love listening to these guys. Such They really put something together over the years. Yeah. And it's going to be hard transitioning to something different. But I, I certainly believe, Matt, that we'll have the opportunity, for the most part, to see all those games. It's just going to be a matter of how many subscriptions do you have to have.
1: Yep, exactly. And I saw something um, from... Somebody in England saying, you know we're a little bit spoiled because they have to get three or four streaming services to watch their games. And of course you know they're the majority of the time when restrictions aren't on, they're going to the games or at least I would think the die hard fans are. but those that can't make it to the game still have to purchase all these different um, sites, services to watch the game. So it's it's really – and that, that does actually happen with certain sports in the U.S. You know, if you get a game that's like a college basketball game that's in your area, oh, it's blocked out or blacked out because it's, it's too close to your area. I just, it's all about money in the end. I mean, as we've seen with so many things going on lately – Everything comes down to money. So who can put the best package on the table?
0: Yeah, we're really we're we're living in real time. We're living the evolution of television and media, and it's True. it's going towards internet. You know, um, condensing channels with themes, and everybody's trying to make a dollar. And now with people not in stadiums. Over across the pond, they have to they have to use uh, pay per view. I think to watch most games that aren't being televised on regular television. So we just have to hunker down, take a deep breath, and just hope that us us folks over here are going to be able to see these games.
1: Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> I think since I started uh, really watching the English Premier League back in two thousand five, probably. know it was kind of a struggle to see some of the games Um, they'd have a few on here and there I think it was like Fox Soccer, Fox Soccer Plus and all these other ones and then so I'm glad that it's become more popular in the U.S. and there's a lot more access for us I just hope it continues that way and I think it will I mean people know especially NBC I mean they kind of set the benchmark for Americans and American maybe broadcasters and how they're supposed to um, handle this, the biggest league in the world. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it, it'll it's really unfortunate because I, I really hope that I get to see Rebecca Lowe do her thing a little bit more. All these other guys, Robbie Lowe, Robbie Musto, really appreciate them. The Men in Blazers love them to death, too, so we hope that they find a way. They were joking about how they, uh, <clears throat> the Men in Blazers canceled the network. They made yeah. it just because, you know, they, they say that they're crap all the time and that <laughs> their crap made it go under. But, yeah, they always joke around. But we really, really hope that we can, can still continue watching these games i mean it it would drive me crazy if i wasn't able to see my boys play week in week
0: out yeah best i can say is hang in there mick we're all in this together we feel you
1: anonymous mick we appreciate you and everybody else we appreciate you glad you were able to sit through jason and i bantering Mm. Um, jason's going to be around for probably about a month so a few more episodes uh looks like we'll probably have have another one drop Monday or Tuesday, probably Tuesday. Um, So just stick around, but we appreciate you. You came for the footy and stayed for the accents.
0: All right. Until next time, studs up.